Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. If we say that we are without sin, we deceive ourselves. That is a fact. Anyone who claims to be without sin is just self-deluded. And as long as a person claims to be without sin or that sin isn't really an issue, that person will never be able to have their sin forgiven. You see, you have to acknowledge your sin. You have to confess your sin. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of Mark. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Mark, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, in a message titled, The Deeper Need. Now, here's Pastor Brian. So this group that's there that day, they're there on a mission to entrap Jesus. And he knows that, of course. And so, interestingly, he puts out the challenge by using these terms, my child, your sins are forgiven. He was making an indirect claim to be God. That's what he was doing. He was making an indirect claim to be God. Now, they, of course, were right about one thing. As we go on, it says, and some of the scribes, verse 6, were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? So they were right about that. They were right that only God could forgive sin. They were wrong about the identity of the Messiah. That's what they were wrong about. And so the Messiah, or as Jesus prefers, the Son of Man, he tells them that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Verse 8, but immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he rose up, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. So this is a contest that's happening here between Jesus and these religious leaders. And he's just thrown the knockout punch by basically just pronouncing this man healed, but by doing so through the forgiveness of his sins. Now, we need to understand that forgiving sin is the right of God alone. Only God can forgive sin because all sin is ultimately against God. As King David said in his own confession and recorded in Psalm 51, he, he cried out, he said, against you and you only have I sinned and done this great evil in your sight. And David said this in response to his, his own sin against um, uh, Bathsheba and Uriah. 
But, but David takes it beyond them. Of course, it affected them. But David says, against you and you only have I sinned. And that is true. Sin is ultimately against God. Now, even though the priests during the Old Testament period and we under the New Testament relationship can declare someone's sin forgiven, we can't actually forgive their sin. So under the Old Testament system, the worshiper came and offered the prescribed sacrifices. And when everything was said and done, the priest could assure them that your, your sins are covered. And so likewise, remember when Jesus would ultimately, or eventually, I mean, send out his uh, disciples into the world with a gospel, he says, whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. But it's not giving us the power to forgive sin. It's giving us the ability to declare a person forgiven based upon their response to the gospel. So... I can say to a person, based upon their putting their faith in Jesus or based upon their repentance or based upon their confession of sin, I can say to somebody, your sins are forgiven, but it's not because I've forgiven their sins. You know, when I was growing up as a Roman Catholic, we would go to the confessional and we would go in and kneel down before the priest who was on the other side of the wall there. It was a terrifying experience, actually. And you'd have to think of everything that you could remember having done wrong. And you had to tell that to the priest. And then, you know, he would absolve you and then he would, you know, give you your penance and so forth. But the fact of the matter is he couldn't absolve us because he didn't have the power to do that. None of us have the power to do that. Again, we can pronounce a person forgiven, but we do not do the forgiving in, in regard to the sin itself. Now, I can forgive a person for the sins they com commit against me, but that doesn't necessarily mean they are forgiven by God. Must, one must directly confess to God. You see, if somebody sins against me and they come and say, you know, Brian, I'm really sorry. You know, this is what I did. And I ask you to forgive me. Of course, I can forgive them. And I should forgive them if they're sincere. I'm called to forgive them. But that doesn't mean that God's forgiven them because just because they're admitting that they did something wrong to me, they're not necessarily simultaneously acknowledging that I sinned against God. Now, if they are doing that, then, of course, God knows that, and he's forgiving them as well. But the point is, God is the one who forgives sin. And they understood that. And, of course, Jesus understood that as well. And that's why this is his indirect claim to being God. Your sins are forgiven you. That's what he said. And the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin. Now, he asked them this question in response to their being critical. He says, which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise up and walk? So which is easier? Well, it depends on how you're looking at it. If you're looking at it from the merely human side of things, it's obviously easier to say your sins are forgiven because 
you could argue that that's happened without necessarily having any physical evidence for it. So from the human side, that seems like it would be easier to say that. If you say rise up and walk, then something's got to happen in order to prove that you have authority. The person has to rise up and walk. But Jesus says, of course, he says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, rise up and walk. But if you look at it from the other side, if you look at it from the heavenly side, saying your sins are forgiven, if you're not God, is impossible. Because as we've already said, God alone can forgive sin. And I love what one writer said. He said, Jesus is also saying, my friends, it is going to be infinitely harder to affect the forgiveness of sins than you can imagine. I'm not just a miracle worker. I'm the savior. Any miracle worker can say, take up your bed and walk. But only the savior of the world can say to a human being, all your sins are forgiven. So it depends on what side of it you come from. If you come from the human side, it seems like it'd be easier to say your sins are forgiven. But if you come from the divine side, well, we know that only God can forgive sin. But Jesus, in forgiving sin and restoring him from the paralysis, he gives a convincing proof that he has the authority. So, but there's a deeper lesson here. And this is the one that we want to spend the rest of our time on. The deeper lesson, of course, is that what seemed to be this man's greatest problem was not really his greatest problem. What he perhaps thought and his friends evidently thought was his greatest problem was not his greatest problem. He had a, a deeper problem. And so often... What we think we need most is not what we really need. Because we usually think first and foremost of our physical, emotional, material needs. But our truest need is deeper than that. You see, our truest need is really spiritual. Now, you can imagine and understand that this paralyzed man would have wanted to be healed more than anything else in the world. You know, if, if you've ever been sick for an extended period of time, you know exactly what this is like. You just long for the days when you actually feel good again. You just hope and just dream of that time when you might perhaps be better, be back to the way you used to be. And it kind of just becomes an, an all-consuming desire. And so he was probably thinking that if he could just walk again, everything would be great. Life would be wonderful. And it might have been. For a while. But once the newness of being able to walk again wore off, he would realize that he was the same person with the same problems, only now he was walking around rather than being carried around. You know, that that's is exactly what happens. And and not even just only with a with a sickness, but you know 
when we find ourselves in any kind of difficulty or any kind of trouble or trial or however you want to describe it, you know, what is the, the foremost thing in our mind so often? It's like, I just got to get out of this situation. And we start to think that if I could just get out of this, or if I could just get from this place over to this place, everything would be great. And it is for a moment. It's great. When, when that relief finally comes, when that deliverance finally comes, you're like, oh man, this is so wonderful. But you know, it doesn't take that long before the newness of all that kind of wears off. And then you're just sort of back there again, like, like, the, like this guy could have been. If it was only like, yeah, take up your bed and walk, we'll see you later. You know, it wouldn't have been very long before he could find other things to be discouraged about. Other things to be depressed over. If Jesus had, had only addressed the surface need, he wouldn't have benefited the man in the long run. And of course, he wouldn't have helped him in light of eternity. And this is how life is until we get down to the real issues. Isn't it true that we think if I just say, got that, that, that job, if I could just land that job, or if I could just get that promotion, or if we could just move into that house in that neighborhood, or if I could just get that car instead of this one I have, or you know, if I could just find the right woman, or if I could just find the right man, or if I could just be with that group of people or be perfectly fit and healthy, everything would be great. We think like this. This is how we think. We think, you know, then I would be happy. Then I would be fulfilled. Then I would be content. But it's not so. It is not so. You see, because there's a, something deeper at play. Timothy Keller, in his book, Jesus the King, which is a, basically it's a series of sermons through the Gospel of Mark. Uh, he quotes from an article that he read many years ago about the misery of many celebrities. And the writer says this, I pity celebrities. No, I do. Celebrities were once perfectly pleasant human beings, but now their wrath is awful. More than any of us, they wanted fame. They worked, they pushed. The morning after each of them became famous, they wanted to take an overdose. Because that giant thing they were striving for, that fame thing, that was going to make everything okay, that was going to make their lives bearable, that was going to provide them with personal fulfillment and happiness had happened and nothing changed. They were still them. The disillusionment turned them howling and insufferable. She concluded the article by saying, I think when God wants to play a really rotten, practical joke on people, he grants them their deepest wish. Wow. Well, I don't think that it's God playing a practical joke on people. 
And he doesn't grant us our deepest wish. He goes beyond our deepest wish to what is really needed. And that's what is happening. That, that's the, the deeper lesson here in the story. The greatest need for this man was forgiveness of sin. The secondary need was his paralysis. Jesus took care of them both. But the priority, as Jesus even put it, was the forgiveness of sin. You see, what we really need is a relationship with God. That's what we need. And that relationship begins with the forgiveness of sins. Everything starts with that. Because that's the root of the problem. The root of our problem is that our sins have separated us from God. Isaiah the prophet expressed this in the 59th chapter, the first verse. He said, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you. See, that's the problem. The problem with the human race is that we're disconnected from our maker. And and not only are we disconnected from him, our sins have actually put us in a state of enmity toward him. So we're, we're in active, hostile rebellion to our maker. That's what our sins are indicating. We're revolting against his authority. And as a result of that, we're, we're separated from him. But most of the time, we don't realize what the problem is. So we think the problem is all of these other external things. And we think that I've got to get this resolved, or I've got to get this happening in my life. And, and then this nagging, frustrating irritating thing that just seems to constantly be deep down inside of me, it's going to go away. But it doesn't go away. It only can go away when the real issue is dealt with. And so once again, Isaiah speaks to this and the Lord speaking through the prophet says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord, Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So God diagnosed the problem centuries before Jesus ever came to solve the problem. And God, of course, made a way during those years That's what the sacrificial system was all about. That's what the temple was about. That's what the priesthood was about. That's what the sacrifices dealt with. They they covered sin, but they couldn't take away sin. That was reserved for the Son of God to come. And the reason that Jesus would say that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin was that he was going to make the provision for sin. He was going to provide 
the atonement which he did, the atonement coming through his blood because the Old Testament scriptures, the law had declared that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So Jesus pronounces your sins are forgiven, of course, looking forward to the provision that he would make for the sin to be forgiven upon the cross. And so John, writing after the facts, writing in his first epistle, he said this. He said, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we are without sin, we deceive ourselves. That, that is a fact. Anyone who claims to be without sin is just self-deluded, self-deceived. And as long as a person claims to be without sin or that sin isn't really an issue, that person will never be able to have their sin forgiven. You see, you have to acknowledge your sin. You have to confess your sin. And initially, that's just simply, Lord, I am a sinner. Now, you know, in order to receive the forgiveness that comes through Christ, we receive Christ. But in doing that, we are acknowledging that we are sinners. I mean, thank God you don't have to sit down and try to prepare a list going back your entire life, catalog every sin you ever committed. God knows every sin you ever committed. And all you have to say is, Lord, I am a sinner. Have mercy on me. And he does indeed do that because that is why he came into the world. And I love the words from the hymn by William Cooper. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. The son of man has power on earth to forgive sin. Have your sins separated you from God? Have you confessed your sin? You know, even as a child of God, you can find yourself disconnected from your father. The relationship is there because you're a child. But the fellowship is broken because of unconfessed sin. How do we resolve that? How do we restore the fellowship? That's... That's the desire of God. How do we restore the fellowship? If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And he will cleanse us from all of that unrighteousness. And so just as Jesus looked beyond the physical and into the soul of that man, my child, your sins are forgiven. That's what the Lord delights to say to everyone who will turn to him. That's exactly what he will say. And so whether it's sinning as a child of God that's, that's broken the, the fellowship that you have and, and it needs to be restored, or if it's that in your life you've thought that your problems were other than 
separation from God. You thought that your problems were other than sin. And maybe there are other problems, but you have to get the root dealt with first. And that happens the moment you come to Jesus. Because when you come to him, it all starts with this. Your sins are forgiven. And then you go forward. For the month of June, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled The Gospel by Ray Ortland. With powerful insight and clarity, Ray Ortland presents a grand vision of what the church can be if we embrace the power of the gospel and apply it to our daily experiences and witness for God. The book The Gospel by Ray Ortland is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of Mark. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.